don't funk with racism. We don't funk with people who don't support the LGBTQ plus community. And baby, we damn sure don't funk with anybody who don't love a beautiful black queen, baby. You see this tape? You don't let nobody act black and then go home and be white? It only takes a little bit of white brainwash to activate the cool chip in the average Negro. And a lot of white folk have demonstrated eloquently that they don't have no sense. great and welcome back to the afrocentric podcast this week we will be discussing the n-word the n-word is one of the most notorious words in american culture some words carry more weight than others but no other american surname carries as much purposeful cruelty exclusivity while simultaneously promoting unity and endearment so in this episode my guest speaker and i Karen mckenzie We'll share our experiences, opinions regarding the N-word, the history behind this word, as well as the revolutionary way that Black people have transformed the N-word into a term of endearment, empowerment, and solidarity. So if you like this podcast, make sure to follow, share, and leave a review. Do you use the N-word? Nigga, yes. Now, that's an offensive word to To some people. And how, in what terms do you use it? I don't know, man. People have to understand, I grew up in a different time. So where that word is just a word, it has no effect, but it is a double standard because there's certain people who will get offended if someone who doesn't have the skin tone of me says it, like, which is really weird, you know? Like, then they're keeping the original meaning of that um, a lot. I don't know how to explain it. Um, well, if a white person says Yeah, it, like if a white person says it, isn't it derogatory? Like, it's derogatory because your skin isn't the same color yeah. as mine. But why when I... It's just weird that a lot of people still get, you know... Upset. Upset with that. And it's like, just, I don't know. I think you give certain words power. Are you saying it's just a word? Yeah, like, if, if you choose is to Is there any word you that... You could call me a nigga, and I would not give a fuck. All right. So, today... We have Mr. Carrie McKenzie. How are you doing today, Carrie? I'm doing well. You doing good? Yes, Is you doing as good as you looking today? <laughs> oh, oh, you doing better. That's what you're saying. Just a little bit. Okay. They gonna love your voice over this audio. The girls gonna they gonna go crazy. I'm excited. Not too much. Not too much. <laughs> Look, all right. So let me introduce you to my audience. Um, Carrie McKenzie is Carrie McKenzie. He has a bachelor's degree in education from Mississippi State, class of 2022. Congratulations. At Mississippi State, he served as the Black Student Association's executive board and served as the president of the NAACP for two terms. Karen McKenzie is a man of faith, man of honor, and a man who believes in and promotes Black excellence. 
Kara states, and I quote, I believe in various roles and niches within the struggle and always advise everyone in it to explore their passions, gifts, and talents, as well as adopting those, the struggle to help move the needle on the plight of Black people in your city, in your state, and across the world. We all have a role and must play it well, for if one is not free, then none of us truly can be. That's so beautiful. I'm telling you, so um, number one, I want to say thank you so much for answering this call. I'm so happy to hear you, and I'm so I'm excited to give you a platform so that people can really hear what it is that you have to say because you have such a strong like opinion on things, and I really feel like your voice is something that people really need to hear. Um, secondly, um, the last part about um, if we're not, if one is not free, all of us is free. It's so funny because we, uh, two episodes ago with Aspen, we were so talking about that and we all took the same class together. And there's something that I feel like our professor placed the emphasis on is like the intersectionality mm-hmm. and the idea that it isn't until the lowest person in the smallest intersection mm-hmm. is liberated and truly free that we'll all be true, like truly free. And also, mm-hmm proving my point that it's completely ignorant and unnecessary to try to oppress or segregate someone from within our community and try to like belittle them or put their down or even like something as small as like talking shit about them like it makes no sense because it isn't until they're free that we will be able to have full access to our liberty definitely I agree with that wholeheartedly and like you said like we learned in class it's almost like, uh, honestly, what you said is perfect, you know? And so the lowest person can aspire to the highest roles, can aspire across the board now, can aspire to gain liberation, but not only just liberty, we need freedom. Liberty is given, is rights and privileges granted by somebody who has the authority to grant you that, but freedom is doing what you want, what you please, and how and moving without restriction. Okay. So to truly be free from the lowest person of the perceived lowest person that is in the power structure that that is in whatever in whatever system until they are free, you can say what you want. Mm-hmm. You still got a long way to go. Mm-hmm. And that that is so true. So thank you again for reminding the listeners that everybody is equal. Nobody is better than the next, and we all need to be lifting as we climb forward into the unknown. Like someone has never called me a nigga to demean me or hurt me. So in that moment, honestly, it hurt it. I felt like it's gonna take way more than stumping a bitch out to get her to understand how much damage being called a nigga really does. All right, so let's go ahead and start with our first question this afternoon. And it reads, have you ever been called the N-word to your face? If so, how did you react and how did it impact you? I have actually. My first encounter with uh, being called the N word to my face actually occurred when I was in second grade. Seven. Seventh grade. Okay. Just entering middle school, you know, you bright eyed and bushy tailed anyway. It's a whole lot. It's a transitional period of life. So, with that being said, after that situation occurred, it actually happened by um, a white dude in my class. He was having some type of altercation about some group work. He said, such and such N word. I remember that part. And a part of me wanted to spaz out and do the natural reaction to what you think is supposed to happen at this point. But I remember the context of the situation that I was in. 
and I didn't even understand the context of the situation then. Just mm-hmm. okay. I'm an athlete. Mm-hmm. Strike one. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Don't you you don't want to shake rock the boat. I got stuff to do. I got business to handle. People that uh in my family work at this school. All right, if I get to fighting and get sent get sent up the road, what they look like, you know what I'm saying, upon them. Got a legacy. And three, and most importantly, and this I'm just thinking about this now. And I somewhat I guess I knew it then, but didn't really walk in it. Three, that was a normal for our ancestors. For my grandfather, that was a normal. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Expand on that. That was a norm. What I mean by that is in the 50s, 60s, and prior and way prior to that. And that's my grandfather grew up in his 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. So he got caught this on every day. So you're gonna be weak and just spaz out mm-hmm. right now. No, you just gotta make it clear. Hey, that, say it again. <laughs> say it again. <laughs> but don't spaz out and lose your character and get, you know, because they don't ever catch the person speeding. They catch the person that speed after the first person. That's a good point. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. don't ever catch the person that throw the rock, they catch the person that retaliate. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I'm already that what he said anyway. A nigga. Yeah, based on their perception. Because we had number white teachers coming up. That's true. For the most part. Especially you know? in Mississippi. That's what I'm saying. We had number white teachers coming up. So, I, if I spaz, I make him right. Mm-hmm. If I keep my cool, I'm a black man. Young black man. Mm-hmm. Walking in greatness. Look at so, that. on that micro, now, you know, with experience, with more and more experiences, you gain more knowledge and more wisdom, and you can move accordingly. But based on what I had at that time, God was with me, and I'm glad. I'm glad it was. No, nah. Cause boy, you know, deep down on the inside, you want to do something, but it might not be good for business always. Yes, it's true. Um, I I want to thank you so much for sharing that story, and I also wanted to share my experience of being the first time I got called an N word too, because it's a real crazy ass story. Mm. Yes. And the statute of limitations is already passed. So I feel compelled to share that with the community. I'm very happy. Okay, so picture it, Sicily, 2015. Okay, I'm sitting in Red Monte Carlo. And me and my best friend at the time, Jade, we had just left Kroger's because she went to go get some medication. She wasn't feeling well, so she was irritated. Keep that in mind. So we had pulled up behind Rice Hall and we were sitting at this stop sign behind a yellow Jeep. Dirty, dusty, nasty, fifth yellow Jeep. And guess who was in the yellow Jeep? Okay. Two cracker people. <laughs> two 11 by fives. Two little band-aids. Wow. Yes, the <laughs> Alfredo community. They was in the little yellow Jeep. So we, they just sat at the stop sign. They sat there for probably about five minutes. They wouldn't turn left or turn right whatsoever. Jade was irritated. So uh, she started blowing the horn because she had to pee. And I'm just sitting in the passenger seat minding my black-owned business, right? Mm-hmm. So our windows was down. The person, the perpetrator, the offender, is sitting in the front seat. He rolls his window down. And I guess he get irritated because Jade is blowing her horn. And he calls out a racial slur unprovoked he called us both some niggas and immediately i wanted to show him how much of a nigga i could be we put the car in park and we hopped out very very quickly it was almost like a like a response like a natural response and we hopped out and they pulled up off on us they pulled off on us now so 
it was another girl sitting in the passenger seat too so it was a white guy and a white woman so they said um unbeknownst to us my roommate at the time her name was grace she was actually watching the situation unfold from another parking lot behind rice and yeah. she calling me she like morgan what happened so i'm like they just called us the n-word so she was like oh come on we finna go handle that so we went and parked the car and we walked up behind her and she took us to the pod. And for those who don't know, there's a small convenience store within our university where we go buy snacks and small like day-to-day items. So we go into the pod. Grace pulled out her ID. She said, grab a bottle of smart water and grab a two tweaks. So that's what we did. Now, I didn't know what we was finna do. <laughs> But I knew we was finna go do it and do it to the best of our capabilities. Because um, Benjamin Franklin said, whatever you do, be the best that you can be. So we was going to be some really great criminals. So ironically, it's crazy how like ignorant a white person can be when they doing something as ignorant as calling you the N-word to your face and then having something as bold as a, a yellow jeep. It don't matter what time of the day is. You always going to see a yellow Jeep. Yeah. And we also know what direction you pulled off to. Definitely. So. If you're going to do something, at least be discreet. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, after we went and got the supplies, we had hit that lift. And we walked up on it. He parked that little yellow Jeep in plain sight now. And it was nighttime. So, um, of course, I let the Lord use me that night. Um, Grace said, Take the tweaks, put it in a bottle of water, shake it up. So we shook it up. She said, shake it up to the solution's full. So I'm we just in that bad boy. We shaking that bad boy mm-hmm. up. And um she pulled me up behind the cheek and she like, go put the solution in his gas tank. And I did. I did that for my ancestors. That's reparations right there. Uh-huh. So what? <laughs> so Ironically enough, while I'm pouring this thick solution into this man's uh-huh. gas tank, the police like pull up while we park behind the car. And as the grace, because you know, God is always going to be a protector, they drove right past me with that plastic bottle up in somebody else's <laughs> gas tank. And um, yeah, we after I got done doing my due diligence, we hopped in the car two weeks later. I saw that car on the side of the road. And tell me, God ain't a miracle worker. Tell me, my God don't move mountains. so yeah that's my experience but it also it's a very small experience compared to what other people have gone through with that word how traumatized people are as well as like the effect of the black community and like what they've been through as a collective with that word by itself yeah supposed to do you don't know yeah so anytime you put any type of candy uh, or sugar into a gas tank it was the sugar then. yeah yes. i got this okay i'm familiar with the sugar but but it's the water like it sneak up on the gas tank okay yeah so like you'll be driving around for like two or three days mm. chilling you don't know what's going on then about day four five the <laughs> engine get the couldn't look get the talking to your at tat tat so yeah mm-hmm Bloody for that man, you know. <laughs> if you got that big money, don't let your mouth write a check. Your ass can't cash. Yeah, I know. 
All right. <laughs> Come on. Look, the second question reads, understanding the N-word. What is the history behind the N-word and how is the N-word used socially? So it's a two-part question. It's really a three-part question, three but we're going to take our time with it. Okay. First and foremost. What is the history behind the N-word? Right. The history. From my understanding and my research, uh -huh. the history and the origins of the word come from a Latin root, the Latin root word, N-E-G, either A-R or E-R, one of the two. But either way, that simply means black. It's a color. Sim similar to the Spanish word negro. Or the French word noir. Exactly. Black. Cool. But during the transatlantic slave trade, around that time, late 1400s, late 1400s, uh, mid 1500s, etc. During that time, during that, the arrival period, if you will. The arrival of the Europeans to continental Africa. And the slave trade beginning within that. It's transformed from just being simply a color and it's something people used to being a label. Mm -hmm. And now we're labeling these African slaves, these African enslaved people, or people who were, who would go on to be enslaved people. We're now calling them the N-word mm -hmm. in whatever context it was. From that, the evolution of it goes from simply a label to a slur. Okay. So by the time we recognize slavery and call slavery for what it was in the United States version of slavery, the South and all of it, for what we know slavery and frame slavery as, even though it's way bigger than what we could what we could normally perceive it as as a as a whole, but beside the point. By the time we get to the slavery we know and recognize, at that point it's a slur. Mm -hmm. At that point, it's a threat. Such and such, um, so much so to that the white the white um the white parents to their children say, if you keep on doing bad, I'm gonna put you in that hole. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do know what you're saying. For sure. Um, I wanted to talk about the the fact that race is a new construct. It's a newly formed construct, right. and it's Very only been awesome. around for about like 400, 500 Very years. Awesome. Um, before the creation of race, uh, what European people <laughs> were doing is, is they were identifying people based off of their religion. Mm -hmm. So this is before, during, and shortly after the Christian Crusades, where they were slaughtering people by the thousands yeah, right. and they were doing it in the name of Jesus. But you can't look at an individual and tell what their religion is, right. but you can look at an individual and tell what their skin color is and try to identify and categorize them based off of race. And the attempt to, like you said, label and categorize, that's a very attempt. Yes. Quote unquote attempt for those who can't see them with the quotes. That's an attempt, but yes. not a very good one. No, it's not. <laughs> and I feel like this conversation really should talk more about like phenotypes because yeah. we always talk about genetics and how you can look a certain type of way, but your genetics is not going to match up with your phenotype. Mm -hmm. You might be genetically 100% black, but black comes in every form variation. So when you lay your eyes on a, a, a person, you're not going to know exactly where that person is from just based off of the tint mm -hmm. or shade of their color. Yeah, that's correct. So let's move on to the second part of the question, um, which is how is the N-word used? How is it used currently? How was it used in history? So what I what I wanted to get into was number one, how it's used in history, mm -hmm. as well as how it's used as a form of endearment for black people. Okay, okay. 
So I start there. I start where I pick, I pick up where I left off from. Instead, through our slavery, the N word was used. It became to be used as a slur and continued on up until really and truly the 50s and 60s. 50s, 60s. Around 1970, though, around the time where. Uh, With my Black is Beautiful, Civil right, Rights exactly. Era. Close to the Civil Rights Era, arise the arrival of the black power era uh -huh. right in there you start seeing black uh black exploitation films yeah so that's like 19 late 1960s late early 1960s, 1970s. early 70s and that's where you see the ship richard Pryor was a part of the ship uh -huh. and using the n-word so, so to say as a play on words as a construct to take a jab at racism uh -huh. to deconstruct it slowly but surely and also just the he was starting to use it more in social circles in social circles and on now if you look at the re at records that happened in the mid 80s early 90s they started happening with the gangster rap era but the the roots for that of changing the words so to say were set in the late set, early 70s excuse me mm -hmm. okay let's hold on because let's backtrack a second uh -huh. i wanted to talk about um kendrick lamar um his song i and at the end of his song, I he introduces a term, Nagus. You've heard, have you, you've heard this, right? I've heard the term, yes, I haven't heard the song. Oh, wow. I'll so, oh, no, I don't blame I you. To three oh, no, I don't blame <laughs> you. So, um, he introduces this term called Nagus, N E G U S, and it comes from Ethiopia and it means king. Seriously. So, essentially, this where like another way of where this term came from as well right. and they turned negus and then they interpret it into nigger or nigger mm -hmm. and then they use it as a way to weaponize it and um like i said they tarnished it and they turned it into something else and they created it to be something to be very degrading towards us so um i think it's very interesting where kendrick lamar is saying um negus Real is nigga, real is alive, and it's another like modern example of taking something that was originally meant to be positive or to be neutral, mm. you know, then it was placed to be negative and then inflicted towards us and taking it back and reclaim it as reclaiming it as something that's our own. Um, yeah, and uh, basically, just what you said, the from, from divinity to kings, to slave, to being enslaved rather, to the revolution, to now finding out who we are in this new century and trying to figure out and navigate that in every context from every, especially in America, but from every country, mm -hmm. from every, and trying to bring it all back together within Pan-Africanism. Mm -hmm. From all of that, what you see is the evolution, the evolution of not only people and places and things, but the evolution of language, the evolution of words. Mm -hmm. And that word evolved so much and changed so much and was twisted so much to what you didn't even, you, our elders may not even recognize it at this point. And in 200 years, I'm sure we'll be having another conversation. Mm -hmm. or our children's children will be having another conversation about the use of the word now, then, if it's still around. Yeah. Because words are tools. Words are simply tools used by people to describe situations, feelings, things, and to promote powers, to promote principalities, etc. 
I think that the N-word really does show us an example when they say sticks and stones may break out my bones, but words will never hurt us. The N-word is an example of one of those words that really will hurt us. Right. And I was just, uh, I was speaking with uh, my woman uh, yesterday, in fact, about that. that you want to shout your woman out on air? Uh, I'm going to shout out at the end when we do the people. Though. I know that's right. <laughs> Got to. But this, the phrase, sticks and stones may break our bones, but words never hurt us. Well, the book I read and the holy book that I go by tell, tells me. What book, man? The Bible. Okay. You know. You know, you know, it's me a, like you look like you read the Quran every now and then. I don't do it. Oh, okay. I don't do it. That's good. It's yeah. good to be aware of different things. You got to be. You got to be. Be right to be right around a human, first of all. Yes. Then, as a black person, you must question everything before yes. you subscribe to one thing. Mm -hmm. So, I've had a journey, but that, that's a story for another day. Mm -hmm. you, had to, you had to call me back and we'll talk about it that from now. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, that term. In the book says it says power the power of life and life and death rather, is, in is, in the power, is in the power of the tongue. Mm -hmm. Therefore, words do have the ability to kill you or speak life into you. One of the two. I will words say words are very powerful. A lot of spiritualists, especially in America, they often talk about how the American language is very choppy. Mm -hmm. Um, similarly to like um the German language, Hitler, you can you've heard speeches right. of him speak, it's very choppy. So they say that. The English language is a spell casting language. So like when you're talking the way that the, what is it? The phonics is constructed mm -hmm. in English. It's choppy and it doesn't sound organic because while you're talking, you're literally casting spells. Even mm -hmm. the word spell, like spelling a word right. alludes to spell casting. So yeah, you have to be very mindful of what it is that's coming out of your heart. And I will go as much as, as far as to say what's in your heart is what's going to come in, out of your mouth. Good or bad. Yes. Good, bad, or indifferent, you know, mm -hmm. at all times. Mm -hmm. Because people do grow and people do change, but it's still there. It's still there. Very much so. And you don't have to deal with what you said at some point. Yes, and you got to be held accountable for yeah. it. That's why it is good, number one, to think before you speak, to be mindful of what you're saying. Number Another thing I always want to say is that you really shouldn't be saying anything unless it's meaningful. And the Bible does speak about that, too. Like, not opening your mouth to like condemn anyone the mm -hmm. only time you really should be saying something is to bring light or to educate or to inspire not really just putting people down and there's something that like in my day-to-day -day life i try to practice Over the years, we have heard many arguments from Black people saying that they believe that the N-word needs to be removed from our daily vocabulary altogether. What do you think? First, let's 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 discuss what these arguments are. Fair enough. I can see it. I can see the argument. Okay, it's not conducive to this and it's not conducive to progress. Cool. But at this point, in my personal opinion, I don't think it's possible to remove the word entirely from the diction of everybody involved, from the diction of the country, the diction of the world. It's so heavily embedded now. And my thing is also this, it's only in the last 50 years, give or take. Yeah, it's only in the last 50 years that the word is being retransformed or the power is being taken back. I have another thing with the power being taken back though, but that's something else entirely. But at this point, I feel like the access to it, 
is in the hands of each individual black person to choose if you want to use their word in your day-to-day -day conversation if you want to use it professionally or privately that's up to you or if that's what the access looks like in my opinion mm -hmm. and to each his own i'm not going to judge you for saying it but i might if i choose not to say it in my day-to-day -day life that's on me mm -hmm. but i'm not to judge you and make you feel like this or make you feel like that or talk about you crazy because i hear because at this point it's a great dream to get rid of it so to say and use something else and move on but let's be real that's not that's not probable nor is nor do i believe it's possible it's not um okay i want to say this so there's a documentary on netflix that's about like the origins of cuss words right mm -hmm. so <clears throat> mainly when it comes to the origin of cuss words they always start off as one thing and then they transform right. into something different but the reason why cuss words are so important especially in american vocabulary number one is because it explains the unexplainable as well as it it adds it does not limit vocabulary it makes vocabulary easy to be able to express mm -hmm. if that makes sense and i feel like in this instance the n-word does too if you were to tell black people don't use the n-word it's so oppressive well it limits vocabulary yeah. and if we're talking about the freedoms of speech in this country you should be fighting for someone to use the n-word by your you know rationale the american rationale i think that's the first that's, that's the first um Yes. That's the first one, ain't it? Yeah. Uh -huh. First the Amendment. The first Amendment of the Constitution. The freedom, freedom of speech. speech. But we also know that that is a lot because especially like right now through like social media use, you can see our freedom of speech being limited. Oh, definitely. But, you know, it's a cute idea. It's always been a fallacy, but if it's going to be the number one, let's treat it as such. Very much so. Now, my argument would be that we as black people need to gatekeep the word. Definitely. We definitely need to keep it within our community. And what really gets on my nerves is the Negroes, the coons that hang around different white people, they mm -hmm. give them access to it. And then they get around Negroes like me. And um, because I'm funny and friendly, they feel like they can slide it in. Uh, See, let me tell you what I do. What they call it, they black card, so to say. Okay, your black card, uh, baby. Word card. I got it today. I got it on me. You can see, no, I'm not I'm not that bank. Uh-uh. Well, I'm the bank teller. Wrong bank. <laughs> I'm the bank teller. And let me tell you something, your car fraudulent. We're going to have to pull you into the office, boot. But me, when I get to meeting them, because you can always see, you 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 always can look at a white person and be like, mm, I bet they say the N-word at home in their free time. You can spot them out. So when I meet one of them, they get the hollering, and now I slide that little piece of tidbit information in. I bet you say the N-word at home sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. My my bro, my bro lets me say it from time to time. And I look at them and I smile and I say, Yeah, well, it's funny. Yeah, they think it's <laughs> hilarious until I put my foot down. Well, I ain't one of them. So um, unless you want to get your feelings hurt, I would suggest you not say it around me. And that boy, I love it when that energy shift. Cause find somebody to play with. Mm -hmm. Find you somebody. To Another one that's uh big. I'm glad you brought that up. Another one that's big is the people that you think is validated because you was I was singing the song and the song just to say this. So the argument is, well, if they gonna have it in the music, why can't everybody say it if it's all inclusive? I hate this so much. I agree. 
because I feel like it's the number one argument that the uh, the colorless use is a way to justify using the N-word. And I really think it's a weak example. I really do because... there truly is no justification. No, it's not. And my thing is, why you want to use it? Why you want to say it's okay? They, they have a... What is it about that word that you just want to say it's okay? It's the access to it. Because white people have privilege, they're used to having access to whatever it is that they want. So when you take the access away from the word, they feel like it's a commodity that they right. want motherfucking capitalists always want what it is that they cannot have so that it's unattainable to them so they want it so bad they want the right to be able to say it but they can't i mean they can <laughs> but be willing to deal with the consequences and repercussions that come behind okay now in whatever context uh-huh play with your pussy be aware of the context as well play with your coochie not with the black community because i know a good slew of brethren that is going to steal it's it's a good it's a, it's oh they gonna put they black Nikes on they gonna lace them them air forces up Vaseline elbows face knees we gonna tell you we gonna show you what a nigga look like today I certainly will all right the next question reads what are some of the supporting arguments and excuses you have heard non-black people say to support their right to use the n-word now we've already discussed two of those excuses that we talked about which was the fact that it's justified because it's in rap music and the other one was um what was the first example i gave when i was talking about it limits speech the first example you told me you said limits speech you was talking about and referring to uh, when people were saying that we shouldn't use it at all. Yes. That's what you were saying. But so, the other example that you was talking about referring to uh, how people feel like it's validated or it's valid and they, and they, they can't say it was because their friends give them access to it. There it is. So um, another example that I wanted to bring up was the fact that white people will try to justify using the N-word because black people use the term cracker. And they try to say that these two terms are equivalent and they're historically not equivalent in context whatsoever. I say this, like, I agree with that. It's a false equivalency at go, best. Go into it and tell them. It's a false equivalency at best. And even with that, I don't personally use that. No way. But how could you, how, why, would, why would you get offended by cracker, so to say? Oh, I love, I love. I love that word. Um, in my household, we call them nabs or townhouses <laughs> or Ritz, or right. we'll tell them to go to the Ritz Carlton, or at least I will. I can't. I can only speak for myself. <laughs> but um, let me go ahead and tell you guys the history behind the term cracker. So the word cracker it goes far beyond the antebellum America and the antebellum South, and its origins are actually traced back to Shakespearean times, and it was adopted by rich white people to refer to poor white people. So it was actually created by white people for white people, ironically enough. So um, the N-word has resulted in over 5,000 lynchings of black people throughout American history, the enslavement of hundreds of thousands of black people. The N-word has resulted in another century of segregation and genocide. The N-word has resulted in mass incarceration as well as the war on drugs. The word cracker has not. The N-word has never received reparations where the cracker has, okay? Y'all got to understand that these two words, they on a whole different level. They hold, the word cracker holds no historical context whatsoever. That's why, you know, 
you know, if you just gotta say it in a in an argument, you know, <laughs> it's valid. Bad enough already. Um, another another example I did want to talk about was the use of the N word in education, especially like in public education and stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? You talking as far as uh, in school in the school system, like when you read like reading certain books and things like that. Precisely. Okay. So, like, um, a great example would probably be, like, how a lot of, um, let's see, how schoolers are forced to read To Kill the Markenberg, yeah. To Kill the Markenberg. Yeah. Yes. So, like, you know, it's always awkward when you have, like, very uneducated children or mm-hmm. just regular groups of people, and they take the opportunity to say the N-word in literature and they capitalize on it. So um, I just wanted to personally say that you cannot use education as an excuse to use the N-word to offend marginalized groups of people. And you can always, because they're going to say, oh, it's in education, it's in the book. So instead of saying the N-word loudly and obnoxiously, you can always educate people on the historical and sociological context of the N-word. And you can do all of this shit without actually saying it. Like how we just record a whole episode really without even saying the N-word. We have been just saying, quote, the N-word. So. Because, <laughs> you, I mean, it's such a word to be reckoned with, you know what I'm saying, that everybody know already. Everybody know the stigmatization behind it, first of all. And everybody also knows the true context that it does hold. And everybody knows the way it holds. It's like the heavyweight championship of words you don't say you don't supposed to say right now you know well you know i think it's the heavyweight yeah the heavyweight champion <laughs> the heavyweight champion so when people have those opportunities especially children i feel like as a teacher as an educator it's your job in that room to hold that down saying like look you see in matter of fact if anybody gonna say it you read it you, you read it and you skip over do whatever you have to do like just imagine like well don't don't allow that chaos in your classroom because then we have another problem they breathe it's like they breathe that type of chaos within the classrooms because just think about it if you're reading to if you are making a classroom full of 16 year olds to read the to kill a mockingbird why would you ask them to popcorn read you right. get what i'm saying right. like why would you pass it around and give each one of those children the opportunity to say it if anything this is something you read at home and we come in and discuss yeah well yeah. If anything, or we or we pull certain passages out of the book because it's a great book. It is it's a great read. It is. It's very eye opening. Eye opening, yes. And it's just a like I said, a great book. It's a great story. Anyway, so you can take that and apply it to how you need to do it for your curriculum, whatever your curriculum may be, without literally how you say have popcorn reading and then having this big uproar. It's ways to control it. They just got to take the time and resources to do that. Honestly, I don't feel like it's no excuse. I feel like, especially in a public school system, especially with people going so hard over banning CRT, Mm -hmm. if you know that you have that type of curriculum on the list, number one, you should be talking about a trigger warning. You should be introducing the subject within the class and making sure that you set the example and set the narrative that it won't be be tolerated whatsoever. But so many people fail to do it, but I don't feel like there's any excuse for it. I feel like it's not. We have worked in ACDC 
literally for years and we've had mm. so many like tough conversations with groups of people that were not exactly ready to hear what it is that we've had to say but we've always been taught and educated to introduce the subject to warn people about the effects that it has and to also i don't want to say tiptoe around it but be mindful of what it is that you're coming coming out your mouth so for an educator someone who's supposed to be degreed and is supposed to specialize with working with children and sensitive topics it's, it's not it's it's no excuse for it, in my opinion. Then on my brother grave, I'm being your ass. Say nigga again. Girl, trying to make a lot of black lives. Yo, relax. Then I tell you, not yo. Then I tell you, then I tell you, bitch. What are you doing? What are you doing? Then I tell you, Jocelyn, get bitch. Jocelyn, then I tell you, are you serious? Bitch, I told you, bitch. I told you not to say nigga, bitch. Fuck is wrong with you? Say that shit again. Say that shit. All right. Do you think that it's appropriate for non-black people like the Latinx community to say the N-word in any context? In any context, I would say no, unless Afro comes before their Latinx. So Afro-Latino. Afro-Latino, Afro-Latino, yes. That community. Unless you have black in you, on you, or around you, around you meaning your family, Around you, meaning your family, your circumstances, and your not circumstances, but your culture, your ways of life, mm -hmm. the way you move each and every day. Because nah. it's not, my thing is, A, within every culture, every, every culture has their own words anyway. Words of oppression, words of, not affirmation, so to say, but they have words of affirmation. That they have their own affirmations. They have their own racial slurs. Racial slurs. They have their own racial slurs that hold hold a whole lot of weight in different contexts. But they don't have no word that hold as much weight as the N word. Precisely, which is why they don't have the governance, the governing power to dish out and use that word with whatever kind of. When and where they want to. That's what I'm saying. See, okay. So I wanted to um bring this up. So have you? Okay, I'm a huge fan of Zeus Network. Huge fan. Do you know about Zeus Network? Okay, so Zeus Network is black-owned television network, um, and it's it's my it's very very new. So that's where you get your Jocelyn Cabaret, Bad Boys Club, the new versions of uh Bad Girls Club, etc. So um, last season on Jocelyn's Cabaret, there's actually a very interesting scene where um this black girl her name is amber she is a stripper and there's another girl who's also a stripper her name is diamond and she's a latinx she's puerto rican mm -hmm. so um she she does not have any afro like any black features whatsoever but she called her the n-word throughout the season you can hear diamond saying the n-word like in the back and the first time I had heard Diamond say the N-word, it didn't sit right with my spirit. It didn't settle well with me. It made my stomach hurt, actually. So by, like, episode eight or nine, um, Amber actually addresses her about saying the N-word. She says, can we address cast members saying the N-word that don't look like me? So um, this Diamond, the Latin ex-girl, the Puerto Rican girl, she getting bold. And Amber tell her, say it one more time if you bad. And she like, what you gonna do, nigga? And Amber rushed her and beat her ass for all of our ancestors 
for all the Mansa Musas, the Herod Tubmans, okay, all the Muhammad Elijahs and Ali's, okay, got up there and beat the dog snot out that girl and told her. And what was crazy is after Diamond took that ass whoop and she still hauled back and called her nigga like two more times and Amber just walked off and she cried. And, you know, I felt like they was playing it up for TV, but I felt like it was a really good example of like the effects of being called the N-word as well as who can or cannot say the N-word. But moreover, um, it brought up this very interesting conversation about how people up north so we're in the south and we are mostly the most rooted in um our blackness and black heritage so we are closer to our roots then you have those black people during the black migration who end up migrating up north and they're not as close to their roots as we considerably are and it seems like those people like up in new york wisconsin over in california new jersey they are more lenient on letting their non-black friends say the n-word and there's something that i've been seeing pop up time and time again yeah fair enough. i've seen that as well and noticed it how does it make you feel it's interesting it's very interesting but <clears throat> i feel like it's the proximity the proximity to the actual places and the actual literally the proximity of the geographical location to where these atrocities such as lynchings have taken place we in Mississippi, man. Mm -hmm. so it's not like you can avoid that conversation from knee high to a grasshopper and if you do by whatever means you're gonna find out about it around 16 17 at the very latest so some point throughout your childhood you're interacting with not only the ancestors of people who took part in this on one hand and people who are victims of it on the other on either side of it, you're also interacting with and walking the same roads that black people who are getting oppressed by the N-word, you know what I'm saying, and other atrocities, etc. You're walking the same streets as them. Well, you also every day. as well as the descendants exactly. of the bystanders right. of those who stood back and didn't say anything. Didn't say anything, and then the others who actually took part in it. But it like uh like we always like we always was taught. If you if you take part in it or you don't stop it, you're just as guilty as the first person who, threw it, who cast their first stone, so to say. So either way you look at it, you're a part of the problem mm -hmm. if you're not helping to fix it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let me ask you this very interesting nuanced question. How do you feel about albino black people saying the N-word? I get the overview like they still niggas so they can say niggas. Right. So there's this stand-up and there's this stand-up comedy skit of like this white man asking this albino person like what is your like race and he's like i'm african-american he said say nigga right now he said say the n-word right now and prove it and although he was black he was albino and he was so hesitant to say it just because of the color of his skin i feel like there's mm -hmm. a very interesting situation to be in it is very interesting and now I'm the fact that bros put on the spot like that is also very interesting. So you can see that within himself, for whatever reason, himself psychologically, he couldn't bring himself to say that word in that public setting of like that. Whereas if he had a little bit more melanin, you know, if a little bit more melanin was present, he might have had a different feeling about it. Yeah. But as far as albinism, 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 I had it right the first time. As far as albinism, period. I mean. If you come from there and you cut like that, 
And like I said, you are that. And you can use that word however you need however you need to. I feel like that. Now, do people that are outside of your circle of group or your your context of friends and where you live your life are they well, do they might they look at you sideways? Yeah. I'm gonna be one of them because one it's thing very about possible, it, but at the same time because if I don't because <laughs> I'm hearing my people, but I don't see my people. Right. But that's 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 another thing. Your perception is your reality. But oftentimes we might not know the full story. So I can't speak on it. But if you, if because a lot of people that have albinism, they still look like us. They do. It's just a lack of color. Okay, so let's go deeper into that. How do you feel about mixed race people saying the N-word? Mixed race. The African is the strongest gene, is it not? Phenop- like, when, in according to phenotypes, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Exactly. So if you got someone, like, okay, for example, let's say maybe a, a white person who is white, a black person is white passing. Mm-hmm. They they look white on the outside, but genetically they are black. And let's say. Looks. You're talking about phenotypically. I'm talking about biologically. Okay, but if they if a white passing, mm-hmm. white passing black boy come up to you, and he get mad, you step on the back of his shoe. Oh Lord. And he like, watch where you going, nigga. And you you see him and you you hear your people, but you don't see your people. I'm gonna need further I'm gonna need further further evidence. You're right, and I'm, I'm just definitely gonna need further evidence. I'm grasping in straw. I can't step, I can't step like I can't step like that without further evidence because I don't know your story. Man. You don't, you don't, but I mean, would you that being I, said it's human nature to be hey. You know what I'm saying? Some don't feel right. It, it, this might ruffle your feathers, yeah. So it's human nature that you might want to you might want to step. And though I know people who will, I can't say I would though. I understand that because um honestly, I feel like this whole inward topic, although it is rude, I feel like sometimes it can get very drawn out. Yeah, it does. It get it gets very tiring sitting up here arguing about basic needs and treating people like this and basic humans and stuff. And they they throw an inward out and it sits us so fucking far back. So, um, lastly, oh, I wanted to ask you about African people, like people who are actually from Africa. Right. How do you feel about them saying the N-word? Great question. Thank you. That's an amazing question. Thank you. But the way I feel about it like this is, essentially, if you are black, you have you are now the governor over that word in your own individual circumstance in your own everyday life. I don't got a problem with them saying it. But it's the way if, you say it's it. the way you say it. And if you walk up to me or my family or my kin, my kin folks, so to say, and use that word and you mean something bad, and we can tell by the tone and by the tone of your voice, you see what I'm saying? The connotation of it changes everything. So it just really depends on the situation. It's funny hearing African people say the N-word. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that out there. Hold on. Lastly, I wanted to talk about Asian people saying the N-word just because I feel like we should talk about like Asian hate as well as like the model. You know, Asian people are like the model race, like the model minority race. Model minority. Yes, I'm so sorry to offend you like that. <laughs> model minority. Yes. Okay, so um, I'm asking this question just because, like, historically, personally, I feel like Asian people are very prejudiced. They are minorities just like all other minorities are, but they have this close proximity to whiteness and they um have what's the assimilated, they've assimilated greatly. And although they are minorities, um historically they are extremely prejudiced 
Um, you could see that during the death of George Floyd and how the Asian community reacted. Um, we can see that even if you went to Asia and see the way that they treat black people over in Asia. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm bringing this up because I know if you, well, maybe you don't because you haven't been on social media like you just told me. They have been arguing about uh, the race of the Little Mermaid. Have you been seeing this on social media? I've seen little memes and things like that. I've I been got into it for real. For real. I've been avoiding it like the plague. But the only reason why I'm bringing it up is because on TikTok, there was an Asian guy. Um, he did blackface. He did blackface. He put on a black face mask and was impersonating a little black girl, like being excited over Haley um, playing Ariel in the movie. Now, he didn't like specifically say the N word, but I feel like it's an example of how Asian people, although they are minorities, are extremely prejudiced towards us. And I feel like you have to be cautious. Yeah, I feel like that's a, um, a side effect of the world just being in a, a state of anti-blackness period you know, mm-hmm. you know? I, okay and it's interesting that you would say that because ironically enough asian the asian community might be anti-black but they worship black culture so it, but every, everybody worships black culture i feel like the way that they black worship black, black culture. they do but i feel like it's way more extreme and because they are not in the western hemisphere it's mm-hmm. not paid attention to as much like over in china in japan in korea black asian people will go as far as getting hair plugs to make their hair look kinky they will dress in street fashion which is inspired by black fashion mm-hmm. and black musicians and artists they will speak slang they listen to rap music and they worship it but at the same time they hate black people they hate they they do not like us and they are extremely racist so your argument or your question of concern is how can you hate the people who you adopting so much stuff from mm-hmm. great question that's an amazing question that i do not have the answer to mm. my opinion on it is, is that it's not very smart in what way to be so infatuated with something and with people with, with a people it might what it might be is jealousy to a certain extent because we are the trendsetters in every context well i thought you did you see what i'm saying and uh just to piggyback out that we are the trendsetters like i said you're not setting the trend but you following the trend and you taking it and using it to how how you need to use it for your context and you blowing up off of it whatever the case is regardless it don't make sense in my mind to hate the person that started that the first time. You adopted everything about them from their culture to their lingo to their fashion to their hair, everything, literally. But you still will perpetuate that hate. That I don't understand. I don't either. And I will say that it's not just black culture that they mimic. It's you can also see them mimicking like Latinx culture. Mm-hmm. They have a very high rise of like the Chino movement. Um, the Chinos, you know, the Hispanic gangsters. They're yeah. they're wearing their aesthetic, their clothes, they mm-hmm. getting their hair cut like that. They love mimicking cultures that are different from them. Might be an identity crisis. Well something of that nature. I'm gonna keep from saying some prejudice. She can't say nigga if she don't Okay, that's me. your opinion, friend. If your mother, you ain't got beta bees in the back of your head, if you ain't got cootie balls, if you ain't got nappy roots, you can't say nigga. Period. All right, you guys. So while we are having this 
discussion about the n-word as well as setting a few boundaries and rules and regulations around it i wanted to provide you guys a list of things to be considered about when you are using the n-word okay number one if you have to ask or defend your right to use the n-word you probably shouldn't say it number two we don't care if the n-word is in the music don't use it number three and this is for the niggas this is for colors only you really cannot tell another black person whether or not they can use the n-word it limits language and finally the term cracker is not equivalent to the n-word y'all do with that information as you will you know y'all just you know put a little sticky note little asterisk beside that keep that in mind I wanted to beat that bitch up for every slave that there ever was in this world, in this lifetime. And I did. Shout out to the slaves. Yeah, shout out to the slaves. You feel me? Shout out to Harriet Tubman. That shout was out to the real niggas. Shout out to the real niggas. And shout out again to all those people who hate my guts. Y'all are doing a justice and an effort to the world. Keep breaking these men down one at a time. You are obsessed and sick. And now... It's time for the big black shadows coming out of Tupelo, Mississippi. We got Mr. Karen McKenzie. Karen, who do you want to shout out today? I got a few people in a few places and a few brands and a few things, so just bear with me. First and foremost, for people and figures, I've got the honorable Dr. Umar Johnson. Amen. A historic figure. Yes. The most honorable. Prominent luminary. El Hajj Malik El Shabai. So Malcolm X, for those who don't know. I know this, right. Big Red. Got to. <laughs> Straight out of Big Troy. Anyway, I also need to have a shout out for my uh, for my better half, Miss Law, Mama Justice, a powerful leader in her own right, and my beautiful black queen. Uh-huh. Shout out to her. Shout out to you, Mama. Hold it down for real, for real. Definitely. Another cat, another guy. Um, I'm a fan of his work, all of it, from all Dev Digital to and beyond. Kev on stage. Oh, yeah. Shout out to you, Kev, doing the so, Lord's work. Definitely. That's my dude. And brands, Goatees Apparel. What do they sell? Everything from do-rags to, uh, like I said, graphic tees. Some of everything. Well, tell me about the quality. Good quality. High quality. Black owned. Definitely. This lit. Tell them the name again. Goat Tees. G-O-A-T-T-E-E-Z. A-P-P-A-R-E-L. On Instagram. This for Goat the niggas. Yes, this great Christmas gifts, ladies. <laughs> and a few athletes. This for my athletes, rather. If you an athlete or anything like that, I just need some motivation. Some cats I got that are athletes themselves that I use for motivation and uh, inspiration. Muhammad Ali. Both for culture and for motivational reasons. Very, very distinct brother. Mm -hmm. Very powerful brother. What What is it about Muhammad Ali that really draws you to him? Outside of being poetic. Uh-huh. And an amazing speaker. Mm-hmm. Orator. An amazing orator. And an amazing athlete, period. Yes. Outside of that, 
it's really how he stay, how he stand, what he stood on. His advocacy, right? We talking about a man that refused to go to go to fight in Vietnam and gave up his word, his world title at the at the time he was at the top height of his career mm -hmm. because he said, "In quote, the Viet Cong ain't do nothing to me. They ain't call me out my name. They ain't beat and rob my ancestors. And they didn't. They didn't. They ain't did nothing to me. So what I'm going over there shooting them for? Come on, double V campaign. Mm -hmm. Look, so yes, he served. He served time behind it. Man. I don't blame him. The military is no place for black people. Sometimes and you I'm... gotta go lay down. He stood on all ten. That's oh. why I respect him. Oh, he stood on all ten. He didn't pray up a ten, and someone tried him. He cut up. Definitely. Only the gangsters gonna understand. <laughs> um, I do want to ask you this before you move on to your next shout out. Uh, what are some of the sources that um some of our listeners can find, like online and stuff, to give them more of a historical background on Muhammad Ali or any of his works or writings? For sure. You can start at YouTube and work your way down. Okay. You can start at YouTube and go through all his throughout all his interviews that he did. Outside of that, you can look into some biographies. Outside of that, Google always works. Praise God Google for Google. Always works. Yes, Lord. All right. Shout out to you, Muhammad Ali, floating like a butterfly, singing <laughs> like a bee. Along with that, another athlete, another boxer, as a matter of fact, Mike Tyson. Love it. Mike Tyson is amazing for motivation. The man has an amazing story. I mean, if you if you just need to get your day going good, turn on some Mike Tyson and let him talk. I love you. Mike Tyson. He a <laughs> real nice brother. He a real one, definitely. Shout out to you, Mike Tyson. Powerful too. Big thick tongue, big lazy tongue. <laughs> and I got a media, some media rather, and like it's a it's a movie, really. Check out the Woman King. I checked it out the other weekend. It was beautiful. I'm going to go see that movie. Shout out to you, Viola Davis. Definitely. We gave her a shout out a couple weeks ago. She doing the yeah. Lord work. Um, continue, please. It's an extremely strong cast as well. I have my my ring. I keep on. It's from that tribe that they have on, gotcha. and I've been wearing it for like you know for the last two years. I love it. <laughs> Along with that, next we've got the Grapevine Podcast via YouTube. That's the platform that you can find that on. It's probably on other platforms as well, but that's where I consume it. And the Grapevine podcast is essentially a podcast where a group of black people talk about black things for black people in the black community. And it's beautiful. They discuss a plethora of topics, everything from literally the N-word, the uses of the N-word, all the way up until intersectionalities and religion, etc. Mm -hmm. It's a very, very great, uh, good show. So if you ain't got nothing to do after you get through listening to Afrocentric, turn on the grapevine, you know, expand your mind a little bit. It gives you something to think about. Beautiful. All right. An author y'all can check out. If y'all like crime dramas, it's Carl Weber. Carl Weber. It's a great great reads to unwind with, and it's very therapeutic to me. But I'm into that type deal, though. So like crime dramas, that type thing. It's very it's it's for the mature audience. I will say that. Yeah, this is for the grown. Definitely, it's for the mature. For audience. the grown and sexy. If you don't mind diving into a different world and you know just delving into to new stories, they're black stories as well. Then that's something that you definitely should get your hands on. And last but not least, a few music artists. I've got Gangside June. He uh out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. What's his name? Gangside June. Okay. Spell it G A N G five one. June. J J U N E. You sure he not from Mississippi spelling shit like that? I'm positive. Oh Lord. Tulsa. But I know he's from a very yeah, pro-black area. Definitely. And he, he preaches a lot in his music too. So and it's very I don't like a whole lot of 
type type stuff at at this day and age. Yeah, you want something like that's gonna some speak chill. to your spirit. I like something that's gonna speak to me, and I love some chill. Don't get me wrong; I listen to my trap and all that good stuff when I need to. But it's all he, he got. He got a good balance. Mm-hmm. He's got a great balance. Another one, Molly music. Mm, like Molly the music. drug. Mm-hmm. Nah, nah, not not like the drug. Like the track. <laughs> oh, Molly. Molly yeah. music. Yeah. M O L I. I don't think that's how you spell it. Close. But then I've got um along with that different genre altogether though. Burner Boy and Coffee. I never heard of them. What's that? Say what? What is Burner Boy and Coffee? It's like Afro Caribbean style soca. It's a take on soca. You know how to wine care? You know how to dirty wine? Just a little bit. Then what you be doing to that music? Shout out. (laughs) I don't do too much. And then I've got Mississippi Zone. Millennial, that boy Millennial. Shout out to my boy. Shout out to Millennial. He is one of the greats, one of the ones that we expect to make it out of Mississippi. He on the way, y'all check him out. So yes, please make sure y'all check him out. I love Millennial so much. Um, I just wanted to give a special big shout out to all the black nouns, all the black people, places, and things that Kara shouted out. And I wanted to remind you guys that if there is any black businesses, black creators, black innovators, or black thinkers, speakers, that you would also like for me to shout out on my podcast, make sure you are emailing me at the Afrocentric Podcast. That's Afrocentric Podcast at gmail.com. Please forgive me for any sins in which I committed those. I know of those I don't know, Lord. Lord, please forgive me for beating this bitch ass today, Lord. Lord, please forgive me for thinking about beating her ass again, Lord. Please rebuke all these demons that's in this house, Lord. I pray Is that really you, necessary? All right. Now it's time for my favorite segment here at the Afrocentric Podcast. We here we call this the altar call see i wanted to remind y'all that see me here i'm riding on the highways and the byways and i'm just doing what the lord told me to do and i just wanted to remind y'all that i'm yet praying and fasting on your behalf and that jesus is here and he's knocking on the door and he's waiting for you to open Yes. So this this here segment is an opportunity for listeners to to DM me prayer requests, groups of people about politicians, relationships, and etc. So today I wanted to take the time to pray for Iran, and let me say that the women down there is I running for their life, and that is the truth. Have you been hearing about what's going on in Iran? I have not. I'm praying for them. They are having a mass genocide in Iran right now as we speak. Uh, a, a woman, an Iranian woman, refused to wear her hijab, and the morality police in Iran shot her dead in the middle of the street. Yeah, and it's a lot of religious extremism. Anybody in the streets, they getting murdered. They hanging women. And they also have taken the internet from their homes. So they can't reach out and speak out about what's going on. So I'm praying and I'm sending up prayers to my heavenly father for all the women in Iran. Because the Bible says, touch not my anointed ones and do my prophet no harm. So sisters, Azalam Alaikum, may the peace be with you. All right. 
so um the bible says to watch as well as pray and um i wanted to remind you negroes up under my voice to stay vigilant football season has started and i wanted to let y'all know that the npcs are out the predators are out and the karens are out so y'all make sure that you are asking god for guidance yes and that's all i have today for your altar call um hopefully brother justin justice jr he sent me some more prayers but remember if you have any more people that you need me to be in straight mourning for i'm here and i'm on bended knee amen i think that was a a scripture in in nigelations i think it was the the third chapter in the the 15th through the 17th, somewhere around there. Just get your Bibles out and read sometimes. Get your Bibles out and read. But it says something like, run up, get done up, end quote. And in that respective, those words couldn't have be true for Natalie Nunn because she definitely ran up on the baddest South Reunion and she got done completely up. I mean, done up, swole up, black eye up. So we just go pray for her. And just sin and, and just lift her up to the most high. Because a uh, baby needed more than anybody this week. I think this week we need to specifically play, pray for Natalie Nunn. And more specifically her left eye. <laughs> also, let's lift these niggas up who defend R. Kelly like they his bitch. Oh, ooh. I said it. That's what I said. We go pray for them because, baby, let it go. He did it. He's in jail. He he did it, baby. It, that, he did it. You need to let that hurt go. It ain't because he can't read. Yes, he can't read, but he did it. He, he did it. So we need to pray for all the, the black men that go in the barbershops and just preach this news of R. Kelly being innocent. <laughs> Of R. Kelly being innocent, child, and blaming him being incarcerated on the fact that he can't read. I don't think he got incarcerated for the reason he can't read. I think it was because all of the documentaries and, and counts of women and da 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 I just think, you know, we need to just pray that they release that spirit of, 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 of delusion. Because <laughs> that's all it is, child. You're delusional. Delusional. Oh, oh, Lord, yes, Lord. I can't believe I almost forgot. Let's lift Akbar V up. She has had one of the most interesting, <laughs> one of the most interesting week or week and a half or two weeks that I've ever seen. She done went from being featured, you know, called to the altar by Nikki and then been exposed on Twitter for just, just, I don't know if you I don't know what to call the act. <laughs> I don't know whether to say sucking or eating or gobbling. But Lord knows. We pray for her. We 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 really pray for her. It's just like baby, baby. Yes, Lord. 
That's all I can say is child. Oh my god. I just think actually, despite Akbar, she ain't the only one. I think we just need to lift up any woman or any person that was that that is performing these sexual acts and during the sexual acts at the height of the of the of the uh, uh, of the pleasure, quote unquote. This man still won't say he loves you. I feel like if that if you can't get a I love you. In the midst of it all, I think you need to go ahead and get your things, baby. Pack your stuff up, wipe your mouth, you know, clean yourself, and just go on, go and go back to the house. I just you need to go and pack it up, baby, because let's let it go. Because obviously, <laughs> it is not ordained by the most. Hallelujah! It's not ordained by the most high for you to be doing that. <laughs> N e g u s definition royalty. King royalty, wait, listen, N-E-G-U-S, description, black emperor, king ruler, now let me finish, the history books overlook the word and hide it, America tried to make it to a house divided, the homies don't recognize we've been using it wrong, so I'ma break it down and put my game in a song, N-E-G-U-S, say it with me, or say no more, black stars can come and get me, take it from Oprah Winfrey, tell her she right on time, Kendrick Lamar, by far, realest niggas alive. All right, everybody. Um, right now, I wanted to thank Karen McKenzie again. Thank you so much for coming here and spreading your knowledge. Hopefully, our listeners can feel the strong sense of peace that you brought into this conversation that we're having, as well as they can appreciate your perspective in the background that you bring. Um, in this moment, I just wanted to ask you if there was anything that you would like to tell the Black community before you left. For sure that always and first and foremost keep your heavenly father first whomever your heavenly father may be have faith in things above and things below and around you will work out that is my experience that's first and foremost second each and every day in life go as hard as you can for whatever you believe in whatever you stand on for the people around you and like i said if one of us is not free none of us are mm -hmm. none of us ever can be so just keep that in mind as you go throughout your daily lives and always remember that the struggle is forever present. Mm -hmm. It's still alive and still well. So we must be alive and well and continue to fight it. Both in the system, outside of the system, infiltration in the system and through the media, et cetera. So just keep hope alive. All that good stuff, you feel me? Black peace, black love, and black power, you feel me? Thank you so much, Carrie. Um, before we go, I wanted to thank you guys so much for choosing to be Afrocentric today. Please remember that Black Lives Matter. Remember to listen and to protect Black women. And the only thing that you must do in this Black this lifetime is to be Black and die. Remember that we're just civilized people having civilized civil conversations. Bye-bye. <laughs> I see racism against whites every day, every single day, yet I'm a racist for pointing that out. Adrian, what's your take? Take on what? What Chuck just said? 
Is racism just a one-way street? I think that's his opinion. Look at your firm, Adrian. You get the benefit of no-bid contracts because you're an African-American firm. Now, as a white lawyer, what am I supposed to think of that? I don't know. I think Chuck is pointing out a double standard here, Adrian. I mean, take hip-hop. We've talked about this on the show before. You have African-American rappers saying inward this and inward that, but a Caucasian can't. So say it. Say what? Say the word you want to say. I'm not saying that I want to say it. I'm just saying that I can't. Sure you can. Say it. Say it right now. <sighs> I will say it with you. Okay. This is hypocritical. You know we can't. Sure you can. This is America. Both of you. Say it. <laughs> mm. I, all right. I think we can move on. Why? Why move on when you want to say it? Both of you want to say it. Huh? All together, everybody. Mm.